Play fake. Young goes deep middle. He's got Jerry Rice. Touchdown 49ers. Welcome to another edition of the 49ers Family Podcast, where three generations of 49ers fans break down the game each week and hear from Grandpa Mike as he shares personal experiences since he became a fan in 1949. Okay, I'm feeling a lot better than last week. Um, Grandpa, Dad, how are you guys doing? Doing good. I also feel a million percent better. Um, you know, Seattle has dominated us for you know the last 10 years with Russell Wilson. And um, I think they've won 17 out of 20, and they just seem to always beat us, and even in the playoffs. And... Um, it was very nice to not only beat them, but just annihilate them, um, hold them to 36 yards rushing. So, yeah, I feel good, and it's been a good week. It's been a good week. Dad, what are your thoughts? I feel I feel great. It was a good team win. I thought, uh, you know, Trey went down. We'll talk about that. But uh, all in all, it was a great team win offensively, defensively, and um it felt real good to beat the, the sea chickens. <laughs> it sure did. The seagulls, the goals, whatever you want to call them. Oh, it felt so good. That really has been a rivalry for the last 10 years. Um, uh, and one that we have seemed to be on the wrong side of. Uh, so great to get the win there. But yes, we would not be a 49ers fan podcast if we didn't start, though, with the terrible news of Trey Lance going down. Oh, that was just so hard to see. Uh, you know, I want to talk about the implications, but first, you know, our heart goes out to Trey. Hopefully he makes a full recovery and can prove everybody wrong uh, next season. And it can take some mental reps this year. I know they really want to keep him around the, the facility and, and around the team, but man, just what are, what are you guys' reactions to that? Obviously, it was, a, it was a good win. We'll talk about that. But just Trey going down, I don't think anybody really expected that. Uh, Grandpa, you did warn about this last, last um, episode that they need to be careful with him. Uh, but even just on the third time he ran the ball, disaster strikes. Yeah, but they – I don't know why, but Shanahan designs the game where, you know, he's going to run – 12, 13, 14, 15 times, it's just too much. Um, and, you know, this is a vicious game. These guys weigh 300 pounds and, oh my goodness. I really feel for Trey. I just love the guy. I've been rooting for him since the day we drafted him. He's really had an uphill battle. Um, I don't know why the media just, you know, picks on him and slaughters him and takes this negative slant. Um, but here we go again, you know, it's, um, it's, it's, I just feel for the guy. He's just been swimming upstream and finally Shanahan, you know, gives him the keys to the franchise and, you know, um, and the media is just all over it. I mean, it's, and then it's, it's split, split the fan base mm -hmm. um, and uh, on and on. So, he will make a full recovery. I'm trying to find a positive out of this and it's difficult, but what I've come up with is there's 
a number of quarterbacks like Aaron Rodgers, who sat behind Brett Favre for three years, you know, so I'm kind of looking at it that way that he's just, you know, grooming himself. He's learning the game, holding a clipboard. Um, you really learn the game by taking snaps and, and being involved in it. But I, I just feel for the guy. Um, and uh, I wish him, wish him well. Yeah. It was real disappointing to see him go down. It was a very strange play. He wasn't even able to get any kind of stride or burst or anything. He just kind of got tied up in some linemen at the line and, and then just folded up and laid on. So, um, it was too What's bad. That? It was really yeah. too bad. You know, one of my one of my favorite beat reporters and Grandpa, I know you like him too, is David Lombardi, uh, oh. and he he shared a lot since then. And you know, he said really from the get go, you know, trading up to number three, uh, taking Trey Lance at number three, it's all based on risk, and risk is is the name of the game, especially. When the quarterback is such an important position, you have to take those risks. Um, and even going into the season, they knew that coming out of the gate, Trey wasn't going to be as good as Jimmy. The goal was that he was going to be um, as good or better than Jimmy by the end of the season. Uh, but in the meantime, they would have to leverage his legs a little bit as part of that learning curve. Um, and, you know, that unfortunately, cost him his ankle which cost him the season uh but it's it's part of that risk it's part of giving him reps you got to give him reps and part of that was was uh, allowing him to run and generate um you know offense with his feet but yeah, yeah really really feel for the guy and and i know we are going back in our um back and forth in our group text and and grandpa you said something that i think there's two sides to uh, you said, wow, John Lynch played that Jimmy card perfectly. Who knew? Um, and I, I mean, I, to a degree, I, I mean, I totally agree. Uh, we have a Super Bowl roster, um, Super Bowl potential. And if Jimmy G is not on this roster, Nate Sudfeld was that backup and waiting, kind of QB2, the contract that we gave him, et cetera. And I don't think Nate Sudfeld has taken us to the Super Bowl. So in just two games, the season is over. Um, so thoughts, thoughts on you that. And then my question for you both is, okay, I agree that they played the Jimmy card perfectly, but did they play the Trey card right? That's the question. Well, um, yeah, that, there probably isn't an answer for that right now. If, if he turns out to be great in a long-term answer, see, I'm going to answer it this way. In 2005, the 49ers had the number one pick in the draft. And it was either going to be Alex Smith or Aaron Rodgers. And Mike Nolan was the head coach, and he took each of them out to lunch. And Mike Nolan was touched by the fact when he took Alex Smith out to lunch is he opened the door for his mother, the car door. And for, you know, and so he took Alex Smith. Since 2005, we have started 19 different quarterbacks. Green Bay has started two, okay? So you take those 19 and the two from Green Bay. So Green Bay has been able to graph 17 other guys 
to fill in at guard or cornerback or something. It, that's the risk, as you mentioned earlier, and and you got to get it right. When you get it wrong, you pay for years. Yep. Um, so, you know, <clears throat> we really won't know until his career is, you know, developing and, but I, you know, I just, <clears throat> I think he'll be very good. So um, right now it looks bleak, but um, I think we're going to be fine. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, he's still only 22 years old. This is, you know, they, they do, you know, with his ankle, not only was it broken, it was a little dislocated. There is some ligament damage. Uh, so that makes the recovery a little bit longer. Uh, they said he'd probably be okay uh, by the end of the season. Yeah. Uh, but today, Kyle Shanahan said, you know, he's not going to touch the practice field until next year. Uh, you know, they're going to take it, take the time. They're going to keep him around the facility, uh, make sure that his rehab goes, uh, goes well. Uh, and his potential is still huge. It, it's just, it's just one setback, which makes things interesting to, for the future. We're not going to talk about that, but you know, we all anticipated, okay, this is Trey's team and he's going to grow and develop. And then Jimmy G is going to back him up just in case and become a free agent next year. You know, who knows if Jimmy G wins the Super Bowl, and like, I really hope he does. Oh yeah. That's going to make things interesting. So we, we will all see that all play out. I'm sure. We we're, we're blessed, you know, that the Jimmy G thing was really out of John Lynch's control for many months. Um, he was, he said goodbye to the team in February, Jimmy did, and he was going to be traded and he had shoulder surgery. So that, you know, so he, he wasn't traded and um, the 49, so Lynch's hands were tied and yep. then it just worked out. So August 30th comes along and I'm thinking they're probably going to release them and Seattle's going to pick them up and you're going, oh no. And, um, and he, you know, renegotiates his deal and here we are. And I mean, so it, 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 it really worked out well. It, it worked out well. Now the key factor is Jimmy G needs to stay healthy, which he also has a track record of not being uh, healthy for, for the whole entire season. So yeah. I hope that they are careful with him. But um, Dad, any last last thoughts on the whole Trey situation? On Trey, um, no, I think Trey was a good pick. He he has a strong arm, and he's got strong legs. And uh, I think the 49ers were looking for somebody who could push the ball deep and move the ball with their legs as well. Kind of a Josh Allen-esque, you know, kind of player. I think that's what Shanahan likes. That's why he's running them. Uh, in Buffalo, they have the same conversation where their fans do that we're having about Trey. They're always worried about Josh Allen. Now, Josh Allen's had a lot more starts. He's played a lot more games. Um, he's kind of ready for, for the hits. He actually leans into things. Um, Trey, I just think, I mean, he's played, he's had four starts for the 49ers, you know, over the past couple of years. I mean, that's nothing. And in, in college, he didn't, he played, I'm not sure. I was trying to figure out how many games he played, but 19, uh, 19, 19 starts. So he's had 23 starts in like the past four years, you know? So, I mean, so game time and ready. And, um, I think it's just 
um, development and, and game readiness is kind of what we got burnt on a little bit, but Shanahan's ready to, to run him. I mean, that's how I think he wanted to work him kind of like a Josh Allen. Um, he's a big, big boy and he can take it. Uh, we just got hurt. It was a little early in the season and just an awkward possession. The whole thing was just very unusual the way it developed and the way he went down. So anyhow, um, I'm happy we got Trey, but I'm even happier we have Jimmy G. So uh, I think it's going to be a, a, a real good season for him if he can stay healthy, because as we all know, he's injury prone as well. One other quick note. Um, you, Trey is often compared to Josh Allen, and it took Josh Allen three years to get to where he is today, and he's having, you know, an MVP year. So um, this is year two for for Trey and um, you know others just it takes a while so just have to go with that yeah well let's talk about the rest of the Seattle game because yeah as we mentioned I mean that happened pretty early on in the game and then from the from there on the Niners just dominated dominated uh, it was really fun to see the defense just go off quite the contrast uh, from the Bears game to this game. Last uh, last game against the Bears, as we noted, 12 penalties for the Niners, this time just one. Uh, right. And that's huge. Grandpa, you talked about this last week that a lot of that is just kind of sloppiness of a lot of these starters haven't played this year. They don't play in the preseason. So it's getting that kind of stuff out of the way, cleaning that up and they're professionals. Uh, and so they were able to do that in just one week, cleaned it up, and they played a stellar game on defense. Yeah. Technically, the defense shut out Seattle. They right. their touchdown on a blocked um, field goal. So, you know, defense didn't allow a point. They held them to 36 yards rushing. They forced three turnovers. Seattle had 216 yards. And then time of possession... Um, which I also look at. So there's 60 minutes in a game. Seattle had the ball for 21. You know, we had the ball for almost two thirds. Right. So it was, it was dominant in every way. And um, that was fun, fun to be Seattle. It was super fun. I mean, some of the stars, I mean, really everybody showed out on defense. The defense looked great. Nick Bosa had a, an unbelievable day. Uh, you know, had had two sacks, but was just, you know, sacks are really as as sexy of a figure as they are. They're not the end all be all. It's right. about pressures. It's about getting the QB out of his comfort zone. And he was doing that all game long. Yeah. Uh, and then our safeties, Tayshawn Gibson and Talana Hufanga, they were back there causing disruption and were um, along with the corners just really covering Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf and making it really hard for Geno Smith to even find them. A yeah. great performance all over. Yeah, for sure. It was, um, now, <clears throat> one other thought that I had is we really haven't played anybody yet. We played the Chicago Bears in S Seattle. True. So we're going to find out now what we're made of. And we've got, you know, Denver coming up Sunday night and then the Rams and, we really get into it. So, but the Niner defense is, is awesome. Right. They're, they're a top five defense and maybe top two. Um, so that's, that's incredible.
Yeah. Dad, thoughts? Yeah, I thought uh, defensively, if we're talking about defense, yeah, we played a, a super strong game. Our line uh, with Kinlaw and Bosa and let's see, yeah, Armstead, Epicom, those guys all just, I mean, constant pressure. I think would we hold them to how many? 216 yards only, 36 yards rushing. I mean, that's just that's just shutting them down. Um, yeah, it was a, a great game, two sacks. So um, we did real good. We had some turnovers. That was another big thing. Uh, we had no turnovers. We got we we basically recovered three turnovers on the other side. So um, that was huge too. So defense was was solid and stout for sure. Mm -hmm. And then even on, so let's talk about the offense. Uh, Jimmy G comes in. Before that, they had run like twelve rushes and three passes. Uh, and then Jimmy G comes in, the, the script was flipped. Uh, and at halftime, they asked Kyle Shanahan, how much, of the, how much of the playbook are you working with? And he said, oh, I threw out about half the playbook. Uh, and which really, you know, says a lot about Trey and what they can do with Trey and the options that, that he has. Um, um, but I, I was loving the offense once Jimmy came in there. He was playing pretty free. And yeah just letting the ball rip. Uh, it, it was, it was fun to see. Yeah. Um, so the Niners had 373 yards offensively. Um, Jeff Wilson ran well, he ran for like 82, 84. Um, and <clears throat> um, we did have some injuries and, you know, we'll talk about that later with our running backs, but <clears throat> um, solid. Uh, our passing yards and, and rushing yards were almost even, 184 and 189. <clears throat> so that's balance. And then the opponent doesn't know what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. Interesting. Uh, we, we had 70 plays uh, offense. We had 45 rushing, 25 passing. I mean, and we then we were 50% yards rushing, 50% passing. I mean, that's kind of like just a really well-balanced game. I mean, with a, a run strong offense with a great line in our front five did uh, very, very good. Um, yeah. I just love the balance of the game. I mean, if you could break down teams just like that uh, each week, that's, I mean, it's, it's huge. It's just well balanced um, on every front. So yeah, and as much as we're, I will say, as much as that we're we're raving about the defense and they played lights out, um, the offense, uh, you know, very productive as we just you know noted. Um, but I will say the two things that we warned the Niners about or kind of were hesitant about last episode were converting the red zone and special teams. And uh, we also were going back and forth in the, in the group text that on those first two drives, we got down inside, uh, you know, scoring range. And what do we end up with? Two field goals, a Robbie Gold field goal for 20 yards and a Robbie Gold field goal for 33 yards. And I was like, oh, no, because we know that. And that's the most interesting, interesting thing about football is that that only counts for six points if in one play even a heck a kickoff return could result in seven points for the other team. And so I was like, Oh, we got to do better than that. We have to do better than that. Yeah. Uh, and then on special teams, they recover that crazy um, blocked field goal resulting in a, 
uh, resulting in a touchdown. I can count on one hand the, the amount of times that I've seen that happen. In fact, in Seattle, the last time it happened was over 10 years ago that wow. they had recovered a field goal for a touchdown. So uh, yes, we won 27-7, but it really should have been more like 40 to zero. Yeah. Yeah, we got to convert in the red zone. That's totally, uh, I totally agree. Um, I'm not sure what happens. We kind of break down a little bit there. Um, I mean, honestly, I don't know. We'll see. Jimmy G might handle the red zone better. Just a different play call, just different experience. I, I don't know. Maybe that'll open it up, but we got to convert on those um, red zone opportunities. That's so true. And special teams, Ironically, we got an extremely good special teams coach, but it's it's hurt us a couple of weeks in a row. It's pretty crazy. So I'm sure they'll button that up and tighten that up. So we'll, we'll be good to go. But yeah, I think the offensive line at the in, in the red zone, um, they've really played well. In fact, very well. The three new guys, the center and the two guards that we were concerned about that was our biggest concern coming into the season and you know I just wonder when we get down inside the five if they get you know much of a push and um <clears throat> so we we do have trouble punching it in but um we do uh I know I I'd like to think that Jimmy though Jimmy is probably going to read the defense a little bit better in the red zone where everything is a little bit tighter you know there's, there's less space um, and then another thing that that we know that Jimmy learned from the the goat Tom Brady is that QB sneak. Jimmy G, something in, in his career, I forget what the number is. He's one hundred percent on on QB sneaks for a first down. Uh, that's that's a pretty great statistic. I, I love that. Uh, uh, but but to your point, Greg, but yeah, our our offensive line is definitely outperforming what um, you know the expectation. The expectation, yeah, from us, from others, that, you know, there was concern with that interior offensive line with the turnover there, but through two weeks, and once again, it's just the Bears and the Seahawks, We're, we have to be honest with ourselves, we have the highest rated pass protection, um, and about middle of the pack run blocking, uh, once again, the run blocking has probably a lot to do with that weather in, 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 in Chicago, but yeah. Uh, you know, exceeded expectations nonetheless. I, I like to see that, especially, you know, going into uh, now the rest of the season with Jimmy G, giving him some time pass protection is huge because we know when that pocket closes in, he kind of just collapses with it. He can step up a little bit, but he doesn't have that escapability like other quarterbacks. Yeah, um, and we need to keep Jimmy G healthy. So the line is imperative. Um, but they played, they played really well. Um, they really great. They grayed out very highly so far. So far. Sorry, I was just gonna say Jimmy G. He's kind of he's a beautiful human being. Let's be honest. I mean, the guy is you know he's like Tom Brady and Jimmy G. I mean, like. But anyhow, um, but he's a little bit of he's got a little bit of uh, this. I don't. I want to say pretty boy. I don't know if that sunshine in him where he uh, he doesn't like a lot of risk. He doesn't like to throw, go deep. He doesn't really like to run the ball. I saw the interview after the game and the, they're saying, oh, yeah, what do you think when the coach wanted you to like sneak it into the end zone? And he's like, well, 
and they inferred, would you have rather had a different play, you know, a different play call? And his, his response was, he's like, well, sometimes you just got to do what you got to do. You know, the, the coach called made the play. So I had to do it. You know, it was a one yard sneak into the end zone. Like he's going to get, I think they're talking about the other play though. The play right before that was an RPO where he kept it and tried to fit, like go into the two gap. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was a little risky, and I held my breath there, too. Uh, it came out later that that was the exact minute in which uh, Trey was declared out for the rest of the season, and now we're running our <laughs> our backup QB between the tackles. I was like, no, <laughs> let's not do that. But. Yeah. But yeah, that that was that was a funny part of his press conference for sure. Yeah. Hey, I just I just run the plays, man. I, I don't I don't call him. <laughs> Cracks me up. He's a gamer. I mean, he's I think he's a great manager of a game. Um, and he's gonna allow us to go far. You know, we just might hit little limitations, but if he lets loose a little bit and just gets a little edge about him, just like a little edgy, like he, he you know, he's got something to prove or um, just, yeah, just gets that little fight in him a little bit. Um, I think he he can do great things. See, I actually believe the opposite. Um, his And his stats would honestly show you in 2017 where he came in after 10, games or i guess in the 10th game they were all nine yeah he finished the season and there was nothing to play for they were just playing to win playing to just playing free and his stats at the end of the year and if you remember one six straight um were were awesome because he was letting it fly in the big situations not that he hasn't delivered but he is more hesitant and I wonder, and, and even the, we saw in this game against Seattle, he came in and was playing freely. Uh, I hope we see more of that this year, that he's not, his neck isn't on the line. Yes, it's a contract year for him because he's going to be a free agent after this year. But I, I hope we see the 2017 Jimmy rather than on even last year's Jimmy G. I think he's he I think 2017 I think as years went by he's kind of gotten more conservative that's my personal opinion on him now for um, whatever um, this game in particular I think he played great and I mean when it gets to it he's my player of the game I mean off the bench 154, no interceptions, a touchdown, passer rating of 101. I mean, solid play in a time where we could have just crumbled and, you know, put our tail between our legs. He kept her going. So I'm very thankful for him. I'm very excited for him. So I'm still in Jimmy G's camp. So think about this. This could be Cinderella. This story, if we go on and win the Super Bowl, with all the things that have taken place and Jimmy G comes in off the bench and takes his team to a title. I mean, it'll go down in NFL annals as one of the greatest accomplishments ever. Um, So I'm hopeful that 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 happens, Um, but the stage is set for Cinderella. The stage is set, no doubt, That's, that's for sure. Um, all right, to close this out, uh, Grandpa, who is your player of the game? My player of the game is the defense. Um, they see I, Pete Carroll loves to run the football. He loves to cram it down your throat. And he's done that for 10 years. 
and he still wants to do that. And they gained 36 yards. So the, the defense, I mean, three turnovers, a um, couple of sacks, really shut them out. The defense is my player of the game. That's awesome. Uh, my player of the game uh, is really, and I kind of um, briefed this a little bit, but even our, our safeties. So Talano Hofanga, I really think he's blossoming into a star. But I also have to give some love to Tayshawn Gibson. There, he is a guy, uh, his own underdog story that really wasn't even supposed to be on the roster, ends up being on the roster, ends up starting, and through two games, get this, through two games, the top five graded safeties in the NFL are Mika Fitzpatrick, number two, Talano Hufunga, three, Mike Edwards, four, Jamal Adams, who's now for the rest of the season, and five, Tashawn Gibson. That wow. is awesome. I love to see that. And I yeah. hope both of them can hold it, hold it down. And, uh, you know, Jimmy Ward, also amazing guy. He'll probably come in and, and Tayshawn Gibson will, will probably sit. But depth is not a problem um, to have. And yeah. so I, I love to see them. I love how disruptive they were. And, uh, you know, they're just flying around. And I love to see him, uh, Hufanga jump the route and tip it back to Gibson to get the interception. Uh, just <laughs> Really fun to see. I agree. It was quite the defensive performance. Now, last year in the NFC Championship game, um, Matthew Stafford threw a pass in the fourth quarter right to Tart, and he dropped it. Huge. Okay. Um, I watch Ufunga, and he is just flying all over the place. I mean, he he he's a special player, and um, I think we really have found something. So Jimmy Ward got hurt. Um, Fungus playing and and Gibson too, but um, yeah, we we we've, we've stepped it up. Yep. All right. Well, as we transition from I guess recapping the Seahawks game and now uh, into the Broncos week, uh, you know the one transitioning thing is injuries. So, Grandpa, you also mentioned last episode that we're losing a starter per game, and so far this is true because now. We're down two more guys. <laughs> uh, we're down Ty Davis Price, another running back that goes down, a high ankle sprain out a few weeks. And also Tyler Croft, uh, a good other kind of depth guy at the tight end position, sprained his MCL and is also going to be out a few weeks. So that hurts. Uh, fortunately, we should get George Kittle back. This is, once again, we're recording this on Wednesday and George Kittle was a participant in practice today. Okay. signs are showing, uh, pointing to that he will play this weekend um, uh, against the Broncos. So, so that's good. Uh, but bummer to see another running back go down. Man, like we 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 just need to stay healthy at the running back position. There's a bunch of jokes going around that that <laughs> that uh, Kyle Shanahan just takes running backs to the slaughterhouse because he just goes through them so fast. Uh, yeah, we like to run the football, but I really hope Wilson can stay stay healthy because, yeah, he had a great game. Um, and I we need him going forward to have good games, especially against these uh, good teams coming up. Yeah. All right. Uh, so uh, Seahawks, Sunday night football on NBC, 515 uh, kick. That's Pacific time. Uh, it should be a good game. Right now, San Francisco is a 1.5 point favorite. Over under, it's set at 45 points. 
So things are pointing out to be quite the showdown on Sunday night football. Uh, it should be a good game. What are you guys' kind of just first thoughts? Well, one of the first thoughts is we can't get rid of Russell Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he gets traded and um, he's the third guy on our schedule. So fortunately, we'll, we'll only play him once every four years, but instead of twice a year, um, but he's, you know, he's, he's really ripped our hearts out. So he, he scares me. They have really a couple of good wide receivers. They have not played well yet for whatever reason. They um, lost to Seattle and they struggled against Houston and they're just scoring 16 points a game. Um, uh, you know, they've got a running back that gained over a thousand yards last year, Williams. So, um, yeah, it'll be a tight game. It'll be a three-pointer, you know, one way or the other. So, um, Denver's tough. I'm feeling pretty good about the game. Um, uh, there's Denver's just a little discombobulated, I think, a little bit. Uh, they're leading the league in false starts, for one. Um, they're leading the league, I think, in uh, delay of game penalties. They got four already. Uh, they had two of the whole last season. Um, Wilson, this last game, had was sacked three, uh, three, three times, had seven QB hits. Wilson just looks out of sorts. He's throwing the ball away, you know, in many plays. Um, the fans were booing him in Denver. You know what I mean? Um, I just think there's just... Uh, Wilson's a little unsettled. The team is even him as a leader, I think. Um, in fact, in Seattle, um, Seattle um, was criticized for babying in uh, Wilson while he was there. I didn't, I didn't know that at the time, but Wilson is just a little different character. I have mad respect for his skills. The guy, um, he keeps every play alive. And if he has the ball in his hand, and there's a minute left and they need a drive. I mean, Wilson, he's, he can, he can make it happen, but Denver's a little, uh, is really struggling. They had only 219 yards, um, passing. I think just as a team, they were, I think they were just a little over 300 yards, total yards, but, uh, they're kind of struggling. So my first impression is, um, if our defense is our, is our strength, um, and they struggled in their last game. You know, we're gonna we're gonna put so much pressure on Wilson. Um, if he had three sacks, we're gonna have five. You know, and we're gonna hit him ten times. You know, um, so I feel really good about it. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you too. I was actually surprised to see that the Niners were only a one point favorite. I get that it's at the you know it's in Denver so usually they give about three points there so on a neutral field the Niners would be favored for around four uh, but with the play that they have shown thus far this season not that that's what I expect for the rest of the season but they have a lot to figure out and I think the Niners strengths play to their weaknesses right now uh, so unless they surprise me and come out and and you know kill it uh, I, I expect the Niners to shut down their offense. Uh, they, you know, Broncos do have a pretty good defense. They got Patrick Sertan back there, a solid cornerback. They got a good interior defensive line. Uh, but we still should be able to move the ball uh, with all of our playmakers that we had. Once again, George Kittle is back. 
I, I, I feel pretty confident about this game. The only thing, you know, I guess one more thing is that Jerry Judy, which I love Jerry Judy. I think he's a great you know, wide receiver. Uh, I really wanted the Niners to take him when, when in that draft. Uh, they didn't. And uh, he's actually questionable for this game. So that's something to watch. And is, you know, that that connection, the Russell Wilson, Jerry Judy connection is what all Broncos fans are waiting for uh, yep. to see that and to see it become a, a Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs or Cooper Cup, Matt Stafford type of a relationship. And it has not been that. So uh, hopefully this is not their breakout game. We'll see. Jerry Judy might not even play. Um, but it, it, it's there are some there is some intrigue with this game and and with that line if I am a betting man I'm definitely going Niners to to cover for sure so and one other point we also have go, go ahead um just picking up on what you said earlier Jared with the penalties um Denver has been penalized 25 times in two games they lead the league in penalties so I mean they're just discombobulated like you said um yeah so also um patrick sertan i guess he's their stud defensive back for the broncos he's out on an injury i mean and i think he would have lined up with either Ayuk or um debo so i mean they're gonna have somebody filling in for him um it's gonna you know they're just where they're hurting and they're weak we're strong so um we got to play smart, not turn over the ball, convert in the red zones, those types of things, stay healthy. Um, and uh, it should be a, a very productive, good game. Yeah, I did not catch that, that Patrick Sertain is out. If that's true, yeah. oof, uh, yeah, that's that's a blow to their defense for sure. Yeah, I didn't know that either. <clears throat> so, you know, there is some intrigue here, uh, you know, with the whole Shanahan uh, obviously, Mike Shanahan, most I think winning, winningest coach in Denver history. Kyle Shanahan grew up was the ball boy for the Broncos for a long time. Uh, they still have a lot of family in Denver. Even Mike McDaniel actually is that's where they met uh, Kyle Shanahan and, and kind of got involved there. Uh, yeah. So some, some kind of some fun intrigue, uh, kind of going back with the Shanahan's there. Right connection. That's true. Also, just another quick stat, too, that I found is that uh, Russell Wilson was only three for 12 on third down conversions against the Texans. I mean, that's that is uncharacteristic of a Russell Wilson because he uses his legs as well as pushes the ball. Um, it's, it's almost like he didn't have a preseason with his team and now he's picking up and he's trying to feel it out, you know, uh, during the regular season. So, but three for 12 and third down conversions, that, that, that's a tough one. Well, I like the sound of this guys. Um, uh, on paper, we win. Yes. On, on paper, it's looking later. pretty good. It's looking pretty good. So um, what are your guys' predictions? My prediction is San Francisco 20, Denver 16. Mm. Okay. All right. Yeah. I think it will be 28 to 10, uh, San Francisco. Okay. I, I'm actually pretty close to you, Dad. I was going to uh, say 28 to 14. Mm -hmm. um, I think it'll be a multiple, multiple touchdown victory. Uh, feeling pretty confident about this one. I mean, I, I will... 
you know, eat crow if I have to next next week. But, you know, I, I, I feel pretty good about this one. Russell Wilson scares me because he has a good record against the Niners. He's 17 and four, I believe, against the Niners. Uh, but he's not in Seattle anymore. Uh, he's a little bit more vulnerable here. And I think we will expose expose him. We'll so, be chasing him all over the field. I mean, we got speed, size, Hafunga with his hair flying all over the place, a little Troy Palamalu. I mean, it, it's exciting to watch. It's like watching a, like a, a bullfight with the guy waving the, the uh, whatever, the blanket. You know, it's kind of like you want to see where it's going, you know, what's going to happen. So um, I think it, it's, it's just going to get more and more exciting. And the players, you can see the team um, – defensively I just there's an excitement about him you know what I mean it's really exciting a defense or the offense we just got to put some points on the board the defense will, will hold the other team yeah I like it awesome um Canada related to to the Broncos you know I have a piece of trivia a, a trivia question for you both I want to see your reactions and this is obviously going to be a clue because we're talking Broncos but which schools have multiple uh, schools, meaning universities, which schools have multiple Super Bowl winning quarterbacks? There are five of them. Let's see if you guys can both guess the five. And you have, I'll, wow. give, you, uh, I'll give you eight guesses so you can have three strikes in your app. <laughs> okay. Um, let's see. So we're going to say Stanford. Correct. John Elway. And. and John Jim Plunkett. Jim Plunkett. Okay. Um, Four more. Let's see. And these are Super Bowl? These are which universities have multiple Super Bowl winning quarterbacks? There are five. Okay. Okay. So Notre Dame? Notre Dame. Notre Dame has two, Joe Theismann and Joe Montana. Okay. So three more. Three more. Um, hmm, 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 hmm. We got, yeah, we don't have BYU in there. Of course, we just got Steve Young. Um, but ding, ding, ding. BYU has two, Steve Young and Jim McMahon. Oh, oh yes, that's right. Very good. Okay. Bears. Go Bears. Yeah. <laughs> the 85 Bears. Um, so, two more. Um, let's think about, I'm thinking about Michigan. Tom Brady's won seven. Um, who else? Okay. No Michigan. Okay. Just Tom Brady. Actually, that was one of my guesses as well, and I was wrong. Where'd the Manning boys go? The what? Mannings. Eli went Manning. to Ole Miss, and Peyton was at Tennessee. Neither of them. Okay. Shoot. Okay. Um, Give you one more guess. Okay. I'm going to say Purdue. Correct. Peru and uh, Purdue is actually tied with Alabama with three. Purdue had Len Dawson, Bob Greasy, and Drew Brees. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. yeah who would have thought that? That's awesome. Yeah. I did. Yeah, that's right. That's great. And yeah. then the last one, I, I, I'll give you one more clip. I'll give you one more try. Last one. Alabama. Alabama. Bart Starr, Joe Namath, and Ken Stabler. Okay, nice. But, and the snake stabler gotta love that guy the raiders but yeah i thought that was an interesting piece of trivia and it reminded me of this game because of course we got john elway joe montana and steve young um and kind of the 
you know, the, the legends of the Broncos and Niners. So sure. some, some good times. Good, yeah. good trivia. I like it. Yeah. And then kind of related to legends, you know, I would do want to mention that the 2023 Hall of Fame nominees came out. Uh, there were, uh, when, I guess, 11 49 former 49ers announced as nominees there I think it were over 100 nominees of course and then they have kind of like the finalists but of those uh you know Patrick Willis Navarro Bowman Takeo Spikes uh Ricky Waters Jeff Garcia uh some some good guys and uh, Patrick Willis of course hung him up a little early but what a legend he was his stats were amazing so uh hopefully we can get some more Niners in the Hall of Fame right Navarro Bowman has a chance and Patrick Willis has a chance. So, yeah, I always root for him. So Bryant Young made it last year, right. many years. And I want to see Roger Craig in the Hall of Fame. He deserves to be there. Yeah. It's hard, hard to get in. Yeah, yep. It is hard to get in. It is hard to get in. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I'm excited for this week. Um, as always, uh, we we end the episode with a story from Grandpa, Grandpa Mike. I've heard this one before. I love hearing it because it's something that everybody kind of takes for granted and doesn't really know the history or, or behind. So tell us about the history of the face mask. Okay. So um, just a little quick background. Football <clears throat> was first played in 1869 when Princeton played Rutgers and they didn't wear anything on their heads, okay? Um, and then we fast forward to the 1920s and they started wearing leather helmets. And that's why I'm wearing this one tonight, okay? So leather helmets, which did nothing. <laughs> um, and then, <clears throat> so there was, uh, an incident in 1953 that the Niners were involved in, and it was Y.A. Tittle, who was our quarterback, and he was a very, very good quarterback. He's in the Hall of Fame. We lost our mind in 1963 and traded him to the New York Giants for this guard called Lou Cordelione, and it was the worst trade in the history of mankind. But anyway, Y.A. Tittle um, was our quarterback, and in 1953, we were playing the Detroit Lions and Y.A. Tittle was on the ground and one of the Lion defensive linemen kneed him in the cheekbone. Okay, no protection, um, kneed him in the cheekbone, broke his cheekbone, he's out for the year. So we've, we then moved to next year, 1954, and the 49ers, I imagine their management had many discussions like, oh my goodness, what are we going to do? You know, they're going to do this again. He's helpless on the ground and somebody's going to kick him in the face. Um, so brilliant as, as they were, they went to a hardware store and bought a drawer handle. Okay, and I'm going to show you a picture in a minute but they screwed this on his helmet. So if, if somebody were to kick him or knee him in, in the face, they're gonna really hurt their knee. And Sports Illustrated came out, let's see, where are we here? Um, and here's a picture of Y.A. Tittle with that helmet in 1954. So 
you see the plastic um, face guard, but also the drawer handle, which is right here. Mm -hmm. And I mean, how primitive was this? Okay, and this was the beginning of the face mask. Um, so, and then in years, and then I have this just little mini helmet. So in the next couple of years, everybody started wearing this um, plastic uh, protection in front of their face. And today, you know, there's all kinds of cages. <laughs> but anyway, that, and, and Sports Illustrated came out in 1953. And this edition was one of the very first ones. I think it was the third um, magazine they printed. First one was Eddie Matthews was on the cover and Wayne Tinnell was on the third one. So anyway, um, a little bit about the face mask. And, so cool. and you are the proud owner of the an original copy uh, of 1953, is it 1953? Uh, it's 54. 54, 1954. This came out in November of 54. That's um, awesome. But I have, I have that magazine. That's, that's so cool. And you have how many Sports Illustrated covers with uh, San Francisco athletes? Well, I have 104 um, that I had framed and on a wall in my previous house. I moved a year ago and now my sports room is much smaller so I couldn't accommodate the magazines. I still have them, um, but it's not only Sports Illustrated, but I have my whole theme for my sports room is San Francisco athletes, um, you know, in this case on the cover of magazines, it has to be a national magazine, not some local mm -hmm. program. Um, but, you know, Time, um, Sports Illustrated, there used to be many magazines. Today, there isn't. It's the dying business as is the newspaper business. But um, anyway, I have these things and um, they're very dear to me. Yeah, it's very cool. I remember I was around 10 years old. And I would always get the Sports Illustrated for Kids uh, magazine. And one uh, one year, yeah, I believe, grab it, correct me if I'm wrong, I think it was Tim Lincecum that was on the cover and yeah. got the magazine, was stoked about it. And Grandpa politely asked a 10, 12-year-old, however old I was, um, hey, Josh, when you're done reading that magazine, if you could keep it for me. <laughs> <laughs> and I sure did. I kept it in good condition. Then Grandpa put that up on his wall. So uh, when I would go over to his house, I'd see that one. And I was, I'd always think that one was mine. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's fun. It's, it's, it's fun to collect this stuff. And they all have memories of their own and little stories. And um, so whenever I walk into my sports room, I just get happy because they're, Super Bowls and World Series and NBA championships and it's just heaven. Yeah, awesome. All right, well, that'll do it for another episode of 49ers Family. Thank you for being part of our family. Thank you for listening. Once again, if you have any questions, comments, hot takes, please email them to 49ersfamilypodcast at gmail.com. That's 49ersfamilypodcast at gmail.com. Um, until next time, let's go, let's go beat some Broncos. Go Niners. Go Niners. Woo!